Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, and welcome on in, everybody. Fighter's Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Back from vacation. Tobin here with you for the next hours. We're going to go all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. No Seema and Tommy Guns this week. Flying solo. As we recap this week, man, we had a, we had a big action-packed day yesterday as far as the heavyweight division was concerned. We had a little mid-afternoon HBO boxing action. <laughs> Although, look. Don't wake up Jim Blampley because it was it was it felt so beneath him to be here doing this fight. And I was excited for this fight. Yeah, Dillian White versus Lucas Brown. Two guys who are probably just outside the heavyweight contendership right now. Dillian White probably more so. You know, already been there with Anthony Joshua suffering a loss, but you know, has been in a lot of talks with Deontay Wilder and Eddie Hearn wanted to get his guy, Dillian White, in there with Deontay Wilder. Lucas Brown was a guy who's not been very active. Um, at one point, got his belt stripped. He was, you know, he was supposed to fight Shannon Briggs. He got uh, he got stripped and has kind of been missing in action. So I was a little bit surprised to see him vaulted back in here. But you know, big dude, huge puncher, and just just uh, you know, just just got some massive power to him. So never an easy test when you go in there with a guy who's got that kind of a weapon, who's that big. Uh, Dillian White's not known as a guy who could just put put the lights out on him, but he did. It was vicious, an absolute savage beating for six rounds. Um, cut him open very early. He 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 got him. He got a cut right on his eye. It was flowing nicely. Hit him in the right spot. And so it was tough for Lucas Brown to defend as it was, not exactly known as an elusive guy to begin with. Now you put on top of it that you're impairing his vision, and it was pretty easy pickings for uh, for Dillian White from then on air, uh, then on out. He uh, he gets Lucas Brown hurt again in the sixth round and then just hits him with this vicious, vicious left hook to put the lights out on Lucas Brown. Very scary moment. He's got Lucas Brown flatlined on the canvas. They, uh, the the medical team jumps in there immediately. Um, this is a big man that they got to try and resuscitate and, and get back to uh, consciousness. But he was out there for a little bit. You know, Lucas Brown was was definitely it was uh, it was definitely a scary scary knockout that he suffered from Dillian White, who now took this opportunity to call out Deontay Wilder, full well knowing that his promoter, Eddie Hearn, is going to put on the full-court press to get himself into that talks of fighting Deontay Wilder. And it was a great performance by Dillian White. All uh, all praise should be given to him as far as what he was able to do last night. He, he took out his opponent's tools very early. He showed that he was the more skilled striker and... Then eventually 
got himself a highlight reel KO, which is becoming really it's becoming a, a regular thing in the heavyweight division. This is a fun time for the heavyweight division. I've been telling you guys this on the show for a while now. To me, it's the most entertaining division right now in boxing. Maybe it's not the most talented. Maybe it doesn't have the best fighters. You could certainly say that, you know, the the the, the lower weight class guys certainly still have the more skilled guys, the Terrence Crawfords, the the Lomachenkos, all that is very, very true. But as far as the players, as far as the personalities, as far as the drama is concerned, to me, right now, bar none, it's heavyweight division, and that's all everybody's been wanting, right? It's been the fact that it's it's been uh, it's been missing. It's it's been uh, taken over by the Klitschko's for for decades. It's not that case anymore. Now, the one thing that does have to be realized is it is it is overtaken by by the Brits. I mean, that's that's the fact of of the matter right now is they are dominating in this landscape of they got the titles they got the fan base they got the money they got the they got the desire right now and all america currently has if you really want to look into this landscape of of top guys who are really in it are deontay wilder and to a lesser extent jerrell miller's starting to get into the fold right there big baby's going to be fighting at the end of uh, april on hbo but there were a couple of things that bothered me from the fallout of this and it had to do with Eddie Hearn and this chess move that he goes with because next week we have a big one as well. We have Anthony Joshua taking on Joe Parker and that's a great fight and very much looking forward to it. We'll have the full recap for you here on the show, but Eddie immediately goes to, and I get it. He's a promoter. He's got to do this for his guy. But everybody wants to see Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. It's really what it should be. There shouldn't be this case of, you know, Deontay should have to fight his mandatory or his WBC uh, or whatever the hell Dillian White had on his shoulders yesterday, the silver belt, whatever the hell that thing is. There should be one title that should be on the line next if Anthony Joshua gets past next week or if Joe Parker becomes the uh, uh, gets Anthony Joshua's belt. It should be Deontay Wilder versus the winner of that fight. That's that's what should be the lineage. That's how it should go so we can get to an undisputed heavyweight champion. We haven't had that in a long time. We haven't had one like that cared about in a long time. So the path shouldn't be Deontay Wilder takes on dude with some Bobo fake WBC belt. And it's not to it's not to put a slight at Dillian White. Good for him for having that step and having that chip in his corner. Good. All right. Fantastic. But if we're gonna look at last night and say that Dillian White did enough to dethrone Deontay Wilder or deter Deontay Wilder from getting to fight Anthony Joshua, no. No. That's not the case. It's not, it's not even close to the case. And so Eddie Hearn, I get him wanting to get his guy, two of his guys, paydays against Deontay Wilder. But Dillian White, to me, doesn't get to be in the conversation yet of fighting Anthony Joshua, whom he's already lost to, and be at the table with Deontay Wilder, who's 40-0, and got himself a great win against Luis Ortiz, a guy nobody wanted to face, for putting a beating on Lucas Brown, a guy who's had three fights in three years. I can't do it. It, it. it doesn't It doesn't rationally make sense. 
because Deontay Wilder has put himself in position to where he should get the crack at the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. Like it or not, and Eddie Hearn can can you know talk about it until he's blue in the face about market size or what Deontay Wilder is worth or shouldn't be worth. Let's put the money aside for a second. Let's just talk about merit. And the merit is Deontay Wilder has one of the more credible claims to the heavyweight title than Dillian White does. Dillian White is not the WBC champion. Deontay Wilder is. Next week, you have two guys who are going to are gonna go into a ring. One of them is going to walk away with another piece of the heavyweight championship. We need to have that puzzle completed. And Deontay Wilder does not need another win over Dillian White to prove that he deserves the crack at Anthony Joshua or Joe Parker for that matter. He's already at the table. He's waiting. And, you know, I hear this Eddie Hearn yesterday, and he's talking about, well, Anthony is going to be fighting in – he's fighting this, which means he's not going to be fighting until August or September. So it makes sense that Deontay Wilder should fight in June against Dillian White. No, 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 no. They fought two weeks apart, two, three weeks apart. That's not a difference. In fact, it lines about as just perfectly – as you could hope for. So the fact that you'd want Deontay to go in there, fight Dillian White, which is not an easy fight by any stretch. I'm not here to say that that Dillian White couldn't beat Deontay Wilder. He certainly could. But to say that you're not on the same time track or you're not in the same window is ridiculous. You couldn't be set up more perfectly. So Deontay Wilder can fight in June but Anthony Joshua can't – it makes no sense. Maybe you don't want Anthony Joshua or you know Anthony Joshua not, is not going to fight that quickly or doesn't need to because he doesn't get the paydays that Deontay does. But to say that they're not on the same time frame is silly. They're fighting three weeks apart. They couldn't They couldn't be in a, in a closer proximity. It's lining up all too perfect to fight in August or September or whenever. They're right there. So I just I didn't like that yesterday. Don't go out there and trot out Dillian White like he deserves to be amongst that top three right now. He doesn't. Will he get there? Is he now in the conversation of who's next? Yes. But does he get to disrupt the power struggle because of that win yesterday? No. It was sensational. It was an awesome win. It was highlight real material. And it's great that he gets to put that on his demo reel for whatever the next fight that he gets to promote. It'll look fantastic. But being an inactive guy who's pushing 40 did what he should have done. And not saying that it wasn't a dangerous fight or that Lucas Brown doesn't bring a lot of tools to the table. He did. But he took away his vision in the first round, and from there on out, it was target practice. So good for him. He gets to log that one. But... It wasn't enough to say, oh, he gets a piece. He gets to get a crack at the crown now. No, man. He had his crack. He had his crack. Now he's in the waiting mode. Right now, it's 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 a crowded line, and we got Joe Parker, Anthony Joshua next week to see who's the top dog, who's going to get all the, the, the majority of the belts. But Deontay's waiting in the wings. And... 
Deontay shouldn't have to take another fight against Dillian White before he gets a crack at the undisputed title. He doesn't. It's ridiculous. He has to take on a mandatory WB. What? I mean, come on, man. What, what is that? And so that's the one thing that does suck about when I mentioned that all the powers right now across the pond, it's all in the UK right now. You know, Eddie Hearn has got this this play where he's going to say, all right, you want to fight Anthony Joshua? And he's, he's kind of gone to this method before where, you know, Deontay probably could have taken this fight instead of the Ortiz fight. He took a more dangerous fight against a lesser-known guy, a guy who popped for PEDs, almost lost that fight, was probably losing on the scorecards, came back, had himself a sensational comeback victory. And really, I think, started getting a lot of the boxing community on his side, a lot of the boxing fans on his side for that win. But in the meantime, Dillian White goes out there and he beats Lucas Brown, not the same caliber over Luis Ortiz. And because of who his promoter is, he's he's now getting strong-armed into still getting the Deontay Wilder fight? No, that's not right, man. That's not right. Dillian White doesn't get to be at that part of the table yet. Okay? It, th- 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 that's not how it should be. Will it still play out that way? Look, I have no doubt that if, if Anthony Joshua is going to go and he is going to go into hibernation till the end of the year, I'm sure Deontay is going to want another fight. I don't think he's going to want to stay that inactive. I think he's going to start wanting to rack up paydays. So Eddie Hearn may eventually get his way. But if we're going to talk about what's right, if we're going to talk about what is deserved, Dillian White does not deserve a crack at that yet. Deontay should get whoever wins next week. That's how it should be. I know that's not how it is in boxing. I know that's not the perfect world we live in. I know that things get messed up because of business all the time. And, you know, we've had many a conversation on this show about all the cookies, the hands that are in the cookie jar and how they disrupt where things are at. But, you know, to to, to say what last night, last night was this. Last night was show us who gets to be on the outside looking in. Both of those guys were on the outside. Now you get to peer into the window, but you're not in the party yet. Right now it's a party of three. One guy's getting kicked out next week. It's either going to be Joe Parker or Anthony Joshua. But sitting behind the velvet ropes right now is Deontay Wilder. He should just be chilling, waiting for the wages to tell him who's going to be joining him. That's it. There should, there's no, oh, by the way, you need to go handle over this. Uh, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're co-partier. He's not going to be here until the end of the year. You need to go party somewhere else in June. Nah, man. He, he should be able to kick out, kick back in the VIP section until they can set this thing up. Not on the same time. That was so weird. Oh, the, the, they're not on the same time level, love. You, you see, it doesn't make sense. Anthony is going to be fighting now. He's not going to fight again until August. It's like, all right. Deontay Wilder fought three weeks ago. Is this uh, is there some different time zone in, in London where three weeks means something different? I, I didn't get it. It was weird to me. I mean, you, then, then to your logic, then then Dillian White should be fighting till August. He's fighting. To, he's fighting in June. That's weird, man. That was a weird explanation. I get it. I know what he's trying to do. Get both of his guys a crack at Deontay Wilder. Deontay probably should be Dillian White, but doesn't mean he will. It's also weird to me too. Like, what? Why? So let me get this straight. You're telling me that 
in, in reality, a fight that's already happened. Anthony Joshua's already beaten Dillian White. You want the possibility of those two rematching? That's that's I guess is that because you get to keep all the pie? But even still, you you keeping all of that pie. That's going to do better business for you than having to split with Deontay Wilder, huh? That's how it's that's how it's rolling. Oof. I guess I guess uh, Eddie Hearn, who's who's supposed to be some new face, he's just like the rest of them, isn't he? Just like the rest of them in boxing. We'll uh, we'll come back after this. We got to get into. There's some interesting rumors. Speaking of Anthony Josh, we'll get into a little bit of his fight with Joe Parker. Uh, there was an interesting rumor that came out this week about the UFC and their desire to f- to sign Anthony Joshua, and they are throwing some big, big numbers out there in reports. Plus, there was action at the Hard Rock this week, Rumble at the Rock. We'll talk a little bit about what went down at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, Fighters Fury. Tobin here with you, taking you up until around 11 o'clock. You can text the show 67974. Somebody says, hey, Tobin, this is the test if you're actually in studio. What is Canelo really suspended for? What is he suspended from? I haven't been able to read an article which explains it yet. Is the fight still on? What is the suspension? Very good question, Dexter. What is the suspension? They say it's a temporary, temporarily suspended. Temporarily. So what does that mean? Here's what it means. And I think what's happened here is there has been a groundswell of people inside boxing that are pretty pissed at the Canelo test and how it's been looked at and been, I think, brushed aside mostly from the media, knowing that nothing's going to happen. Nothing seemed like it was going to happen initially. It looked like, all right, Canelo popped for this clenbuterol. He um, he 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 put it under the uh, excuse or reasoning of tainted meat, and a reasonable explanation, especially for the fact that he's in Mexico. But is he doing that because he knew that was an easy escape route that he could have used this supplement or used? things in unison with this supplement knowing that if that comes up in a test he always has this to fall back on the promoter already has the the doctor quote on standby that this is within the the reasonable window of of test but in the falling out of this as the weeks have gone on a lot of boxers have been upset there's been pictures of canelo alvarez's uh, body from what it used to be to where he is now there's been blow-up pictures of, you know, his abs and, and where he may be injecting himself. All this stuff has come out. And so I think it got to the point where Nevada couldn't do nothing. They couldn't be in this position where they're just sitting there blatantly saying, oh, well, whatevs, we're still doing the fight. So they come out on Friday, and it's reported that he's been temporarily suspended and that he's going to face the commission in April. Now, it's on April 10th. The fight's on May 5th. It's about three and a half weeks apart. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but this is pretty big business. Not a lot of people who go to these fights in Vegas actually live in Vegas. There's travel involved. There's hotel rooms that have to get booked. 
There's tickets that have to get distributed via the casinos. There's broadcast crews. There's production work. There's a lot of money that gets thrown into this. And I would think if you really were serious, really serious about disciplining Canelo Alvarez, you would say, we have to stop everything right now and hear what he has to say about this. I know that's not how it's typically done. I know these people need lots and lots of time to build a defense and to have a case and to be given due process. But if you're on Canelo's side and your defense simply is, we ate tainted meat, there really is nothing that your your committee has to research. Hell, John Jones had seven months to determine what his reasoning could have been for his test, and they were just like, yeah, I don't know. That's what they came up with. So if Canelo actually does have what he believes is the source for a positive test, this should be easy. We should be able to meet this week and determine whether or not he's eligible to fight. So call me cynical, but I got a hard time believing that Bob Bennett and the rest of those people on the Nevada State Athletic Commission are going to stop a fight dead in its tracks that is going to be most likely one of the highest grossing events that Vegas does that year, assuming that Floyd Mayweather doesn't have his mixed martial arts debut in Las Vegas or Stipe in D.C. doesn't mash it in some business, although I got to think Canelo Triple G2 is going to outdo it. So excuse me if I'm a little cynical to think that the commission's really going to discipline Canelo Alvarez three and a half weeks before he's supposed to enter their ring. I can't buy it. I can't buy it. I think there's too much money involved. We want to talk about last segment how promoters are wheeling and dealing, you know, Deontay Wilder and, and keeping him from his shot at the undisputed title. It happens all over the place, man. The power and influence of this fight, Oscar De La Hoya, what it means economically to Vegas to have a big boxing match. There's not many of them. They're not as there's not as frequent as they used to be. You know, and that's look, you know, what's the next, next biggest fight that's taking place in Vegas anytime soon? Terrence Crawford, Jeff Horn? You know, it's just not in the same class. It's not to say that those guys aren't good fighters or that Terrence Crawford isn't even a better pound for pound fighter than Triple G or Canelo. But we know we know where the star lies, where the star power is. So, I don't know what to make of them temporarily suspending Canelo Alvarez other than they just want to make it seem like they're doing something. That they're, that they're out there trying to make it seem like, hey, we're on this. We, we hear the boxing community here, and we understand that you're upset. And don't worry, we're going to look into this. But nothing's going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. I got a hard time believing that they're going to come out with an iron fist and they're going to throw the hammer down on Canelo Alvarez and say, ah, you know what? Who's got himself a solid excuse. Whether you want to buy it or not, it's there. And so they're just going to be like, all right, sounds good. Checks out with me. No, it's it's not. It wasn't a commission test. It was a VADA test. It's not their test. So to me... I got a hard time believing that they're going to come down with the hammer on Canelo Alvarez 
and cancel the biggest boxing match of the year. No sale on that. Can't buy it. Can't buy it. So they're going to make it seem like Canelo's in trouble here. He's going to have to go into the principal's office. He's going to have to explain why he was so dumb to eat meat in Mexico where he lives and should know this is a thing. You know, they'll, they'll wag his finger. You'll have the, the Stephen A. Smith guy. Oh, no, he's in California. Excuse me. They should bring that guy in, though. That guy, that, that guy drives a, a hard bargain, the John Jones, Stephen A. Smith guy. Like, uh, John, you need to look into this and listen to Stephen A. Smith. Like, what? Yes. He's wise. He knows about PEDs. He's like, he does? But, yeah, I, I, I just, I'll tell you what. If, if, if you tell me April 10th, when this commissional hearing is done, that Canelo Alvarez ain't, ain't, ain't uh, fighting on May 5th, I will be shocked. Shocked. It will be very, very shocking if that happens. But I think this is just them trying to make it appear like, hey, we understand what Triple G's saying. We understand that a lot of people in boxing are upset with this. We don't want to make it seem like we're always favoring the golden pony. But it's just an appearance thing. They really do just favor the golden pony. And this whole fight is the golden pony. They don't want it canceled. And I don't really think Triple G wants the fight canceled. I don't think he wants to lose this payday. I think he wants this fight to happen. I think he likes the fact that he's got himself a little bone that he can chew on here where he can throw out, Canelo, you're a cheat. Canelo, you're this. Canelo, you're a fraud. It's great that this fight has this in the lead-up to the fight. Whether you want to call it a black eye or not, yeah, maybe for the people in the sport who are inside the tent, who are upset with that, I get it. But if you're on our side, if you're on the fans, the media side, this is great. Controversy is king. It's awesome. We get to talk about whether or not this is a legit win for Canelo, whether there's a cloud over Canelo, whether Triple G, whether it matters. Oh, for the fans, it's great fodder. It's great fun. But if you're on the people's side of, hey, you actually have to get into a ring or you have to sanction these fights, yeah, you got to make it seem like you're doing your job. Otherwise, what are you doing? But just because you want to look like you're doing your job doesn't mean you're going to actually do your job. It's kind of like this. When you work in an office, you ever have the fake spreadsheet? I have the fake spreadsheet. That was my move. When I wanted the boss to think I was working, when I was really on Twitter or doing something else, I got a fake spreadsheet, minimized. Once I saw those uh, those boots walking down the hall, and yes, he did have boots, that dummy. I popped that thing up. Oh, yeah, boss, I got this rolling down. I'm on spreadsheet number 19 today. We're rolling through. We're rolling through, baby. That's what it is. This is a fake spreadsheet. It's just to make it seem like the commission is doing something, even though they're going to do nothing. I believe. If they do, I will be shocked. I will be shocked that they suspend Canelo Alvarez. And again, I don't even know if Canelo should be suspended. I don't know if he should. What if he? What if it was tainted meat? What if it was? And he was just—it just popped up on a test. Do you really want this fight canceled? Is really what I'm asking. No, you don't want this fight canceled. And maybe his, his maybe his argument does hold up. We'll find out. We'll see. But I, I don't think this fight's getting canceled.
We'll get into the fights that went down in the Hard Rock when we come up, and also uh, some new rumors surrounding the UFC, some new fights they're going to announce, and Dana White apparently making a big power play for Anthony Joshua. We'll get to that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Want to give a quick shout-out here uh, to the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. And to the Heavyweight Factory. Good show they put on this past Friday night. Rumble at the Rock, uh, which went down. It's good to see boxing back in the Hard Rock, man. It's been fun seeing fights back at the Hard Rock. Um, you know, we're trying to get out to a lot more of the local scenes on the show. And it was great to see. Um, fun crowd, fun atmosphere. And good to see uh, a lot of the young guys get a chance to shine and, and, and get themselves. Uh, you get to see that 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 certain part of their careers where they're trying to build themselves up. See if you'll uh, you'll see a future star here or there. And really really fun show, man. It was a fun show. Got to see uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of talent show uh, show out yesterday. Shout out to uh, Steve Gaffard who got himself a TKO win in the fourth round. He uh, he had a, himself a very dominant performance against Zoltan Sarah. Um, so shout out to him. Shout out to Derek Santos, his trainer, for for a great showing. Um, Harold Calderon, who had himself, I mean, a fan base. It was it was this guy. He won. He almost took a, you know a quarter of the building with him. That's how much of a fan base this guy was able to draw. And King Calderon, who I think trains down at Punch Miami. He uh, he got himself a stoppage. Right before the fourth round, it was it was actually interesting because watching that fight, Calderon he was so relaxed it seemed in the fight where he knocks out uh, Montez's mouthpiece and he almost he just stops you know Calderon almost goes to a neutral corner as to assume the ref picked up that the mouthpiece was gone so I don't know if you want to call it a smart up but I just felt watching that he was so relaxed it was almost like he was in a sparring session because you're just giving your opponent the courtesy of hey I know you're not your mouthpiece has been knocked out and things are going well for me. Let's just take a break. You get that mouthpiece put in there. How about that? And he did, and the opponent uh, didn't come out for the uh, for the fourth round on that. One of the uh, the sickest things of the night, this was, uh, this, was, this was absolutely vicious. Ivan DiCecco had himself a vicious knockout. I'll try and put this out on social media for you guys, but this knockout that he threw, this is a, this is a big dude, huge Russian, Olympian, um, I think he's like six nine, giant, giant human being. And I know they think of, that he's this, this. I know they expect big things from him, but Ivan Dzeko hits, um, he hits his opponent with a right hand, and just flush. Right. It was as if he th- sent electrical shock waves through his opponent's body, but they didn't quite reach the brain until like three seconds later because he hits some flush opponent takes a step back his body like jolts and boom fight was over sensational knockout um so those those are some of the highlights you must say uh from there were some there were title fights also one call Piano. he got himself a win over mike planilla he gets himself the nabo super bantamweight championship uh logan yoon he uh he was able to get it weather the storm in the co-main event and he beat Juan Carlos Salgado, beats him uh, to get the NABO Super Lightweight Championship. And then in the main event, uh, Raymond Caballo from the Philippines, he was able to get his first worst title uh, against Stefan Young. Put him down in the third round. It was pretty much smooth sailing from there on out. So good show at the Hard Rock. 
And uh, and shout out to those guys, the Heavyweight Factor, for putting on a good show. And the Hard Rock, great to see fights back in there. We've been out there for uh, this card and then for the Alliance MMA card two weeks ago. It's been a lot of fun. It's good to see that building, uh, getting to see fight fans back in the building for that as well. Uh, getting back to some of the news and notes, I've been talking about this, uh, teasing it a couple times. So there was a report this week uh, as we head into fight week, Anthony Joshua, the biggest name in heavyweight boxing right now. There was a report this week from the Telegraph, and it said that the UFC was getting ready to offer Anthony Joshua, who is reportedly a free agent after this fight. They're getting ready to offer him a huge contract that would net him, if they went through the length of it, $500 million. So if you broke it down, about $50 million a fight is what this report said. And we haven't heard anything from Dana White on it, but everybody knows Dana White wants to get into boxing. So let me clarify this. It's not that they want to sign him as a UFC fighter. We know Dana White has been wanting to branch into boxing. This is it's a, it's a passion of his. He's looking for another outlet. He knows after watching what the crossover that Mayweather McGregor did, maybe they could do something like this where you have an Anthony Joshua under your umbrella. He is the face of Zufa boxing or UFC boxing, whatever the hell they're going to, Dana White boxing, whatever the hell it's going to be. And they're going to offer him big, big money. So this will be interesting to see what occurs of this. If they do throw this kind of cash at Anthony Joshua, you're going to bring Anthony Joshua, which there's a couple interesting things about this. Anthony Joshua is a monster, monster star in the UK. I find him to be a big star over here, and I think a lot of people will care about his fight, but his fight is going to be on in the middle of the afternoon next Saturday. It's not going to be late Saturday night. It's going to be on in the the middle of the afternoon, so we're going to have results. So is that going to translate over here? Because i got to imagine that if the UFC wants to throw this kind of cash at Anthony Joshua, they're going to want the fights over here. And also... Is this going to be a case where he's going to be fighting now UFC heavyweights? Are they going to do the thing where they're going to want... There's been some social media rumblings before, like Stipe's trying to go at Anthony Joshua. He wanted to be on the undercard of Mayweather versus McGregor of doing a crossover fight of their own. So would this be a case of Anthony Joshua is going to get this kind of money and Dana's going to have Stipe fighting Anthony Joshua or is he going to go after a Deontay Wilder is he going to try and make is he going to be the guy who tries to make that fight happen we know Dana White he's a monster promoter uh very very successful you could argue he's been the most successful promoter in combat sports over the last 15 years especially to imagine where the UFC was to where it is now and what it's sold for and what he got a piece of so it's it's not that I'm it's not that I'm uh, looking at this and saying, "Oh, this is never going to work. Dana White's not going to succeed in boxing." I think Dana White can do just fine in boxing. I mean, especially if you go by the model everybody every every other promoter is doing right now, which is, you know, underpay these guys, make them fight our own stable, 
and don't have the fans get the fights they want. That seems to be the model. Is that not? It's not that hard a model to piss off the fans, don't pay the fighters that much. You know, it's it seems like a pretty sound model that a lot of promoters are using, especially the big ones. Uh, key ball, here's what we uh, we do. Uh, promoter 101. Um, we're we're going to have, when we have a great thing that the fans want, we're not going to do it. We're going to have them fight somebody who's in our own stable or somebody we can get for cheaper and not pay the other guy to make a monster fight. That usually is the way it goes. Um, the other thing is, the one thing, th- there's a couple of things that are also interesting about this. Is this going to shake up if the UFC does this, if Dana does this, I should really say, if he does this, WME, I don't really know who to put this under the, the umbrella of. It's all, let's just call it the UFC for now. If the UFC makes their own boxing division and they sign a Anthony Joshua, so are they going to then partner? Because Dana said he's never working with Showtime. Are they going to just do pay-per-views? Is this going to be just the big bluffing? Are they going to look for a TV deal? We know that the UFC has been, their TV contract is up soon, and they're looking to sweeten the pot. They haven't been happy with how the numbers have been. Is this a case where you sign Anthony Joshua, and then we're actually talking about, oh, we can get some big numbers here. You guys have a legit star who's going to be signed up for a long time, a guy who's just entering his prime. Um, We know that's not going anywhere. We know that's going to be big ratings. Is that the play here? Is this just to get more on the side of the UFC TV contract? So it'll be an interesting thing to find out. But I, I guess one way or another, it's good for Anthony Joshua. Look, if they're going to offer him this, you got to imagine that his current promoter is going to have to up the ante a little bit. I know that Anthony's talked about being a loyal guy and um, you know wanting to say, but look, you know if they're really going to throw those kinds of numbers out there. That's huge. The one thing that I think will be interesting. And this always happens. This this happened when we talked about when when Dana was talking about throwing the numbers that he was at Floyd. A lot of fighters in the UFC, the actual mixed martial artists, they got upset because they're like, "Hey, man, like you're paying us, you know, blank and blank, and you know, you're gonna offer a boxer this." That'll be interesting. You know, what it, I know Stipe is a guy who's great before that he's been champion. He didn't get paid as much as Overeem. What is now going to be the fallout of, because it's going to happen. I know we've had a little bit of a break from the UFC here, so we haven't, you know, had a, a fight week lead up. But what do you think of Dana offering a boxer X and, you know, the highest paid UFC guy, if we're taking Connor out of it, it is who is the highest paid guy that Connor's out of it now? Is it, would it be Daniel? Like is Cormier the highest paid UFC guy right now? The highest UFC paid champion? Probably. And he gets what? I guess it would be, I guess if you want to still put GSP under the umbrella. Um, So I think that'll be interesting too, is watching what's going to be the fallout here. Because remember, we had that whole thing with the fighters union that was, going down for a little bit and that lost a lot of steam they put bjorn rebney on the top of the the fighters union and it all just bleh, fell apart did you know stuff came out from him with his time at bellator and we just you know remember we had we had like five guys up there with goofy t-shirts and then we never heard of it again it was weird gsp was up there cowboy Cerrone was up there tj dillashaw's up there you know then nothing nothing occurred of it uh, before we get out of here, a couple things, uh, news and notes that were going down. 
mentioned Terrence Crawford versus Jeff Horn. That is getting moved to June 9th at the MGM. That was originally scheduled for the 14th, but Crawford suffered a hand injury. We were looking for a uh, looking for a result for that. Billy Joe Saunders, he also suffered a hand injury, and it was coincidentally scheduled for April 14th. That's probably going to get moved to June. There were some new UFC fights getting rumored and big news in the 170 division. Darren Till looks like he's finally going to get his next opponent. It is rumored that it's going to be against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in Liverpool, May 27th. Ariel Hawani also reported on Friday that Santiago Ponzanibio, he is going to be fighting uh, Camaro Usman. That deal is close to being finalized for the UFC main event in Chile on May 19th. So uh, Usman and Darren Tell and uh, Ponzanibio, who's also a, an absolute beast. Um, that next breed in the 170 division, which is looking just like an absolute monster, uh, those guys are going to get their next fights upcoming soon it's been a little bit there's also a rumor that colby covington who trains down here at american top team is going to be fighting rafael dos anjos for the interim the interim 170 title which makes me wonder how long tyron woodley's going to be out i mean he's now talking that he's floyd mayweather's uh mixed martial arts trainer and that they're going to get to work next week so you know if 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 tyron's going to be busy you know, taking a step back, and and he's going to be Burgess Meredith, training uh training Floyd Mayweather for MMA. Is this going to be a thing where he's going to be basically out until December? Because you know there were talks that he's going to be ready for July. I don't really understand why they're making RDA versus Colby for the interim championship. I mean, Tyron's been a pretty active champion, so I I don't get it. But it almost feels like. It's such an exhaustive thing to discuss about interim titles and whether they matter or not. It'll all get shaken out. Let's just call it a number one contendership. It's basically what last night was for Dillian White versus Lucas Brown for a silver belt. I'm telling you, I think what they should really just do is just make the UFC interim title silver. Just make it look different, and I think everybody would be cool with it. I'm serious. Nobody would give a rat's ass about these interim titles being a big deal anymore if you just change the color of the belt. If you made it look a little different and people will realize, ah, that's not the real thing, but it's cool. They get something at the end of the night. Everybody would be like, swell. This is fantastic. Good. And sometimes it all results in the guy becoming the undisputed champion anyway. Good. The next fight when he's defending the undisputed title, then it can be for the actual gold belt. But until then, let's, let's call it a day on that. So those are things to look out for. The 170 division getting very active. Looks like it's going to be Colby Covington versus Rafael Dos Anjos for the interim title, UFC 224. Darren Till's going to be fighting Wonderboy, May 27th. And Kamara Usman's going to be fighting Santiago Ponzinibbio, May 19th in Chile. Reportedly, looks like a pretty fantastic upcoming time for the welterweight division in the UFC. We got to get out of here. Brian London's coming up. He is going to be doing his show for a bunch of hours. I don't know the exact time of it, but enjoy that. Beast is coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.